So that's why they do so well. They reason from scripture. They do not integrate scripture where you have a, a scripture or a curriculum, I should say, I'm sorry. You have a curriculum and then you try to find a, Bi a Bible verse here and there that you can integrate into that. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't work. You really have to start with Bible reasoning, scripture reasoning. Welcome everybody, Alex Newman here. Thanks for staying with us. So um, we have today joining us uh, Dan Smithwick. He's a um, fascinating individual. He is the founder and president of the Nehemiah Institute. And one of the things that they do, they focus on worldview and they have something called the peers test that measures the worldview of the individual taking it um, based just on a biblical standard. You know, what do you believe? Does, does what you believe line up with what the Bible teaches? across a wide range of issues, politics, economics, society. Uh, Dan, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you guys have done uh, over, you, you guys have issued over 100,000 of these. I think it's what is 125,000 people have taken these. Um, yes. So you have a lot of data uh, What and you've been doing it for decades. Uh, what are you finding? Is our worldview as a, as a nation, if you will, becoming more biblical or less? I'm afraid it's the latter. And uh, I should say that uh, those 125,000 tests are mostly with high school students from Christian families, either in uh, Christian schools or homeschooling, and even in public schools where we test youth groups in churches, and that's how we get uh, a look at their views uh, from public school. So yes, it's we've been doing this for 32 years, and uh, it's painting a very troubling picture. And that's why we are seeing, uh, happy to see more and more attention being given to the matter of worldview, uh, you know, which is a word that has become more in vogue these days. That simply means, you know, what is our outlook on life? What do we use to say, this is good, this is not good? Uh, and, and by that, all of us have a worldview. The question is, for Christians, has it been shaped by Scripture? Well, let's let's talk about that. So, so worldview is is the lens through which you view reality. Uh, of course, there's the biblical worldview where you you uh, look at things through a biblical perspective. Um, what are what are some of the other options? Sure, we there's several different worldview isms, if you would. Uh, our assessment uh, uh, uses four different categories: biblical theism, uh, the technical term for a mature Christian biblical worldview. We have a good grasp of the scriptures and we see things and judge things based on what the scriptures say. Uh, below that, we have moderate Christian, meaning kind of one foot in the kingdom, one foot in the world. Uh, after that is secular humanism. And secular humanism is a philosophy, if you would, that simply looks at life as if nobody's up there, as if God is not there. We're just the best there is of evolution. Below that is socialism. Socialism is different in that it's not just all of humanity that's living as if there's no God. It's it's now humanity with a state that's telling us how to live, what to believe, what not to believe. Uh, so when we do the Pierce testing, we rank results in one of those four general worldview positions. And when we started this 30 years ago, our kids, youth from Christian homes, we're testing in the moderate Christian worldview, which was, you know, okay, we were trying to improve that. But every year since then, for 32 years, the results have dropped by two or three points. And so uh, most youth from Christian homes are falling into the secular humanism category. 
And last fall, we had our very first case of a Christian school falling into socialism. Oh, whoa. Ouch. Yeah, let's talk about that, Dan. Um, How can it be that Christian parents are are spending all this money to send their children to Christian schools, and yet uh, increasingly it looks like the the worldview that they're coming away uh, from these schools with is is not actually Christian, is is not biblical? What is going on here? They're paying a lot of money and getting uh, very little different results than what they get if they send their kids down the street to a free uh, government school. Uh, there are some good exceptions, but they're very small. Uh, there's only two Christian school associations that we know of out of 10 or 12 that are doing a good job. Uh, but out of the 8,000 Christian schools in America, both of those associations count for less than 500 of those 8,000. So we're a small, they're, they're, those two are a small light, but a bright light in, in this whole worldview battle. So what, what, what's going on with these schools, though? I, I, I'm, I'm having trouble understanding, Dan. Why, sure, why sure. are these Christian children from Christian homes in, in Christian schools leaving without a Christian worldview? I mean, what, what is happening in these schools? Then? Uh, yes, two things in particular. The story really starts 150 years ago when John Dewey convinced America to surrender education to the state. And it was his lifelong passion to de-Christianize the classroom. And he set out in conjunction with the Frankfurt School, the Marxist school that had been moved from Germany to America and set up shop in Columbia University in 1930, hooked up with John Dewey, who was there, who had developed the teacher college system in America to train teachers, and it was game on. So for over 100 years, that effort of John Dewey and the Marxists to capture education in America and train teachers from a secular, if not a socialist worldview, has gradually changed the school system so that the school system that parents and grandparents went to is no longer there. And that's what's happening. Parents have not been paying attention. They want to believe that their kids' school is still the good school they went to. And so the curriculums have been changed. The teachers, teacher training has changed, and it's been a slow burn. So it's one of those things, you know, if you don't see it and observe it carefully, it's just a little change, a little change, a little change. And the next thing you know, you've got a very different animal. Wow, that's amazing. Well, in, in the second segment, I want to talk about solutions, how we can fix this. But um, w- what's going on in churches, Dan? You guys have have worked with some churches to test their members. Um, yes. w- what are you seeing among uh, the adult Christian population? Sure, we track that very closely as well. Uh, adults uh, usually are adults because they have their kids in a school where the peers test is being used. And so they say, gee, maybe I should take that. Or pastors have a church. A school, and so they say, well, if the school is going to do this, maybe I should do it. So our average results of adults, Christian adults, are in the mid forty range. That's the mid range of out of hundred, huh? Out of a hundred. Wow. Yeah. So you know the verse that says a student should not be greater than his master. <laughs> yeah. Well, if if our when he's fully trained, he will be like his teacher. Yep. Exactly. So the church is a problem. The church has not paid attention to the public square in a meaningful way for decades. Uh, It's kind of like it's not our job. You know, our job is to get people to heaven. And so that plays into uh, the worldview problem. Uh, We're letting others tell us how to think politically, economically, education-wise. And so uh, the Marxists have not had to fight for this. We've pretty much given them an easy road. Wow. Um, uh, in, in the last couple of minutes that we have in this segment, Dan, I want to give folks some more insight into 
what's on this test, right? So w- w- give us some examples. Yeah. I, I know it covers the politics, economy. Uh, yeah. so give us some examples. How, how would you determine whether someone has a, a biblical perspective on an issue? Yeah, a lot of it has to do with uh, what is the role of government. So we have questions like who's responsible for education, uh, economics. Wait, so you mean the Bible talks about these kinds of things, Dan? Oh, wow. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, the, the Bible is bigger than John 3.16, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you uh, wouldn't know it from a lot of churches. You get 51 yeah, different right. John 3.16 sermons, usually out of context. But uh, so, okay, government, you know, I, I know the Bible talks more about government than it does about heaven. So uh, you, I, I guess God takes that pretty seriously. Pretty seriously, and it talks a whole lot more about economics than it does about heaven, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is an economic system that is clearly biblical, and then there are examples of economic systems that simply are anti-God, anti-Christian. And uh, then we get into social issues. How should we behave? Uh, you know, what kind of moral behavior should we hold to? Uh, is it a is it a world of uh, I'll do my own thing, or or is there commands in Scripture that we should be paying attention to? What about the family? Does the Bible tell us how a family should be structured and behave? Of course it does. Uh, but unless we are willing to put on that worldview hat and look at all areas of life and see what the Scriptures say, that takes some work. That takes some study. Uh, I'll say this, Alex, this book. The City of God by St. Augustine, yeah. Every culture, I tell audiences, every culture is going to build the city of God or the city of man. That's what's going on. We have jettisoned the idea of a city of God. And in its place, what we're seeing being built in America is a city of man. That's the problem. Yep. And, And it's becoming so clear. Um, when we get back in the second segment, I want to talk about how we can try to restore uh, a biblical yes. worldview, because, you know, I think a lot of Americans don't understand that the reason our country exists, the reason our country was prosperous and free and, and powerful was precisely because the folks who built it had a biblical worldview. They got ideas Absolutely. from the Bible. Turns out they work really well. All right, parents, listen up. We've all seen the countless examples of how radical, radical leftists have been destroying American schools. It's no longer just about the terrible math and reading levels. Now, radical left teachers birthed from liberal universities are forcing gender indoctrination in in kindergarten. They're teaching lessons on white guilt. Freedom Project Academy has perfected live online learning over the course of a decade. I get a ton of great feedback about this program, a ton. They're built on Judeo-Christian values, a classical curriculum. What does that mean? It means they're taught, your children are taught the way that the founding generations of the country. My own son Noah did Freedom Project Academy for uh, several years uh, when he was younger. The more we tell our friends about these things, the more people will get on board. and And I believe that we can be the catalyst to some real change. We must save the West. Our way of life and our culture is under attack. And because of patriots like you and your project, I have optimism for the future. Uh, Dan, uh, in the last segment, we talked about the problem. Uh, I don't want to leave folks in despair, although certainly the situation uh, could be conducive to that. But um, in in terms of trying to fix this problem, I I guess before we even get into that, what happens if we don't fix this problem? Where are we headed as a nation if our um, if if, if even Christians increasingly see the world through a secular or even a socialist lens? One of two outcomes has to come. Christendom or communism? It's that simple. So they can't coexist peacefully, huh? They cannot coexist. They're at war with one another. Uh, 
And we're either going to figure out how to make Christendom, the application of Christianity to culture, work like it has in past, or the Marxists will get their way and we will have a communist nation and a communist world, which is exactly their goal. It's that simple. Wow. So, all right, well, let, let's get into how we fix this, because you're, you're yeah, telling because... me that, that your own testing shows that increasingly even children in Christian schools don't have a biblical worldview. So let's start there. How do we get Christian schools, at least, where parents yes. are paying good money and they're being promised that their children are going to have a biblical worldview? How, how do we restore a biblical worldview in uh, students in Christian schools? So, so the first step is awareness of the problem. You know, when you're not well, eventually you go to a doctor and he takes an x-ray and he says, here's what I see. That's what the Pierce test is. It's a spiritual diagnostic. And you can say, here's what I see is my is is off in my thinking. Uh, so this is what we're doing. And all the years we've been doing this, people take the test online, we get the data, we process results, we mail them back the results. Now what we're doing is new. It's been in a beta test mode. It'll be rolled out on January 1st. Uh, people should take note of this URL, worldviewcheckup.org. Worldviewcheckup.org. Now people can go to that URL, take the test and get instant results. They don't wait for us to, to uh, send back results. Totally confidential. Even I can't see the results. We collect no personal data that gets distributed. So it's a way for individuals to do a quick checkup on their worldview. And then on the scorecard that they see, it shows which of the 70 questions, that's how many are in the peers test, we say they're on the wrong side of. They can click on that question and get a very professional, thorough position paper that gives a biblical defense of why we say they should have agreed or disagreed. So it's a test and it's a uh, it's a follow-up primer on worldview all in one package. That is what we're going to be marketing primarily to adults in churches, not to schools. We'll continue our old program with the schools, but this is for adults. Uh, mom and dad, uh, wherever they're at, pastors, go there and in 30 minutes get a worldview checkup. And then we offer some other resources, of course, to go deeper dive with worldview understanding but the starting place is to go there and get a checkup and see what it shows where your thinking is rooted in. That's that's the beginning. All right. So we have step one. Then uh, you take the test. You figure out, wow, the kids in my uh, school don't have a biblical worldview. In fact, they look at the world much like uh, the victims of government schools do. Uh, socialists. All right. So now we know. All right. The patient has cancer. Yes. Now what do we do with the cancer? Romans 12, 2. Transform our mind. Renew our mind. You know, so that we will know what is biblical or not. That Romans 12, 2 is kind of the, the, the foundation verse for biblical worldview thinking, transform the mind. That and what means does that look that, like? To transform the mind means changing our thoughts, changing who, how we learn, what do we read, who do we follow, what do we listen to? That all has to be examined carefully and replaced with serious, significant Bible study. There's no shortcut to this. Uh, no shortcut at all. I mean, you have to be a dedicated Christian to be willing to be ex examine yourself, which we're commanded to do in Scripture, right? Uh, so we have to spend some time doing it. And there's many good resources. Uh, we have several that are listed on our website, including others that are not developed by us. But this is what we have to do. We have to read it, go through the peers test, look at questions that we say that you're on the wrong side of and say why. Then be willing to go and look at Scriptures that address that. And I've had, Mark, over the many year, uh, years um, of, um, I'm sorry, Alex, of uh, people saying, you know, 
I read that position paper and I've read those scriptures before, but I never stopped and thought about what they meant. That's what happens. If with a careful read of scriptures with a, uh, a context in mind, a Pierce test question, you start seeing things that you didn't see before. And the, and the light comes on, the aha moment. We've all had those aha moments in reading scripture. Well, this is a very intentional way to get an aha moment on a lot of issues. And it works. It really does work. So we people, we see people like teachers in Christian schools who will score in the 30s. That's not good. Oh, whoa. Yikes. And, uh, and then they go through this process, our, our primer on worldview, which is called Pillars, which is on the site, or uh, the position papers. A year later, they do it again and score in the 80s and 90s. Same thing with students. So it can be done, but you just have to be aware of these tools and then apply it. Wow. So uh, you and I have talked before about this. Um, I, I actually spent a little bit of time up at the uh, Foundation for American Christian Education. They, they've got a headquarters and uh, they've got a school attached to it. And they've got schools that they work with all over the United States and all over the world. And uh, my understanding, they, they use something called the principal approach. And my understanding yeah. is that these children uh, coming out of these schools typically do far better on the peers test, they, they typically end up uh, much stronger in their faith, a much more solid worldview. And actually, I saw some of the SAT scores uh, from uh, this school up there, and I, I couldn't believe it. They were so far above average. Yes. So not only are they beating the running circles around the, the kids in government schools and other Christian schools on the secular stuff, the SATs, uh, they're also ending up with a more solid biblical worldview. Uh, why is that, Dan? What what makes that program different? What, what are some programs that are good? How, how would you go about um, giving uh, children because... a decent education? Yeah, they call themselves principal approach, meaning because they start with biblical principles and they, they teach students from those principles, K through 12. They're starting with biblical principles and then uh, addressing the application of those principles. So that's why they do so well. They reason from scripture. They do not integrate scripture where you have a, a scripture or a curriculum, I should say. I'm sorry. You have a curriculum and then you try to find a, Bi a Bible verse here and there that you can integrate into that. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't work. You really have to start with Bible reasoning, scripture reasoning, and the students can do this. When, when we see students, high school students scoring in the 80s and 90s, which these schools will do, we know some intentional work has been done to shape their mind to think biblically. So it can be done. It's work. Yes. Uh, but hey, uh, God's gifted us to be able to work mentally, physically. So we just have to know that this is a crisis problem. We're talking about a nation that is at risk of disappearing. Is that really that serious? Dan, we're almost out of time. I have so many more questions I want to ask you. I don't know if we can cram in answers to this real quick, but uh, you know, the, some people would hear this conversation and say, well, you want to indoctrinate kids into Bible thinking. And uh, and also, it sounds like you're advocating uh, theocracy. Um, how do you respond to those very quickly? So, theocracy is a word that gets you know uh, bad press. It uh, just means a society ruled by God. Well, what's wrong with that? I mean, it's his world. He has the right to rule it. And he's told us, you know, what the what his rules are. Read Deuteronomy 28. You know, if you, if you follow my rules, I'll bless you. If you don't follow my rules, I'm going to curse you. Well, that's our choice. Uh, so this can be done. Um, and it needs to be done. Uh, yeah. Pastors and parents need to take this serious. Yeah. It's a fascinating discussion. And, um, you know, you, you hear these ideas a lot. Well, you know, we don't want uh, biblical morality. Oh, which one do you have a problem with? Yeah. Don't murder, or don't steal, don't commit adultery. Uh, yeah. 
Interesting. Um, well, we're, we're just about out of time, Dan, but uh, how can people learn more about this? If, if somebody wanted to take the test, how would they do that? Just go to worldviewcheckup.org, not com.org. It's explained. It's easy to do. Right now, it's in a beta, beta test mode, so there's no cost. Uh, just go do it and, and then follow up with that. Worldviewcheckup.org. Well, hey, uh, Dan Smithwick, founder and president of the Nehemiah Institute. Uh, we sure appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, folks, go check it out, worldviewcheckup.org. Um, it's free right now. And uh, appreciate you tuning in. I'm Alex Newman, senior editor at The New American. Until next time, thanks for listening and God bless you all. Hi, I'm Alan Keyes. I'm the host of IMTV's uh, daily talk show about uh, news and events in America. And I want to say a good word for the New American magazine. Uh, not only because Alex Newman has joined us as somebody who is periodically hosting a show, but because uh, New American magazine represents a alternative media that is willing to tell people the truth. Uh, with so much fake news spreading, spreading about and the fact that right now this country is in an existential crisis, we remember who we are and where we come from and what our principles are or we die. Reading New American Magazine can keep you up to the minute on the issues that are challenging us as a people and on which that survival hangs. You can check it out and subscribe at www.thenewamerican.com.